Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. You are tuned into a rant style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. YC, we're live. All right. So for everybody who doesn't know the G here, Alex Weissman, um, basically, he is a successfully and happily retired white college rapper. Uh, you know, Asher Roth was doing his thing. Code Will, shout out to Code Will back in St. Louis, was doing his thing up at Mizzou. Weissy took his talents from KU, because who would want to be in Lawrence, to the University of Missouri in Columbia. And we're not talking uh, whichever Colombian dealer you have on speed dial, but we're talking Columbia, Missouri, middle Missouri. Um, I mean, how would you describe yourself and, and your background? Well, I can definitely describe myself much better than you can. That's <laughs> for sure. That was uh, not only did you give me – you somehow gave me too much credit in the introduction, but you also at the same time, you you seem to like also like shit on me. Uh, well, I guess I can kind of – It's a gift. I am a, as John says, a white retired rapper <laughs> – uh, I consider myself beige, but you know, that's fine. I am, you know, I do have a little, you know, Moroccan descent. I apparently just found out that you can't, I, I actually cannot call myself Moroccan, but I can say I have Moroccan descent. So that's fine. But we'll stick with white or beige, whatever. Um, so yes, I went to Mizzou. Um, I, well, actually, as John called me out, I went to KU my first two years of undergrad. And then I transferred uh, to Mizzou after the first two years, and then the next two years finished out at Mizzou, graduated in 2016 with a degree in uh, business administration with emphases in economics and finance. I don't know why they just can't make those majors. They have to call them emphases. And then I also had You weren't a, fully in it. You're just emphasizing it. You're just emphasizing it. It's like that. It's like emphasize uh reaction that when you text people in iMessage it's like the same thing it's just like okay like say it louder tell me are you surprised are you no no what that what that what that means what that reaction means is say it louder for the people in the back oh it's like that one (laughs) oh then we're gonna get real loud it's gonna be rolling loud up in here let me tell you there we go miami Uh, so yeah so i've been working uh for the last about i've about you know you know, about six years plus of experience in the uh, financial institution industry, uh, the life science, biopharmaceuticals industry, and then also the commercial insurance industry, specifically transportation. Uh, and my main role has been uh, a data scientist. So I've been a data scientist. So I kind of started uh, actually as a commercial underwriter um, for, you know, an insurance company, aka boring, I know. And very boring. I, and shysty. You know, sounds a little shysty. It, oh, no, it's, it's very shysty. Once you kind of understand the inner workings and then begin to know the predictive analytics part, then you're really seeing some, like some poo shysty stuff, like right there. Awesome. <laughs> uh, 
after that, then I kind of worked my way into predictive analytics. So at this point, you're really being able to see uh, consumer behavior. Uh, this consists of, you know, a lot of research as far as behavioral analysis, uh, linear regression, and a lot of this, you know, comes from, you know, having a, you know, a programming background, which I personally learned all on my own. And then, you know, in the last few years, I have, you know, served as a, you know, a data scientist uh, in the life science industry. And what I pretty much do is I build, I do a lot of the kind of backend uh, work as far as the pricing data for a lot of the good old uh, pharmaceuticals and proteins and enzymes that are, you know, kind of floating around. Uh, Love to hear it. You know, working on the vaccine prices. So, uh, but don't come to me. It, are are you actually working on vaccine prices right now? My business doesn't, but there are other sectors that that do. So I actually do see this very closely, and I do. Uh, my company does, uh, which I will not, you know, say here. I'll let you guys guess. I'll just let you know that they're not one of the three that actually came up with the vaccine. They, they were one. <laughs> And then we got a lot of, uh, we got some newsletters about it and then we heard nothing. And, uh, that's about it. But uh, I do receive a lot of correspondence about, um, products that are very close to that nature. Awesome. Okay. So why the hell would anybody listen to you about personal finance? Honestly, I have no idea. I'm not even here to really self promote. I'm probably the only person, John, that's not even trying to self promote. Um, so I have nothing to promote. Actually, you if, said you got to promote the body count. Does your mom listen to this? Sheesh. <laughs> it's fine. My mom will never listen. That's that's okay. Um, no, yeah, we'll. Uh, I don't know if we'll promote the body count, but we will. Uh, here's what we can do. You know how in uh, like Twitter, like there will be like those like those viral tweets. That'll be like just like memes or stuff that'll, and then people will be like, Oh, didn't realize this is, was going to go crazy. Even though obviously we know that you were definitely playing with the algorithm and you were catering to what everyone else is sure. underneath. There's always the, Oh, I have nothing to promote, but here's this, um, you know, you can donate to this, uh, dog with three legs or hey, you can, uh, support my friends, my friend's sisters GoFundMe for a new Prius. Dude, I'm trying to I'm trying to get in the Twitter game more. I just uh, I'm not on it. I'm not I'm not I'm not up for it like I was uh, back in the day when I was just tweeting my reckless thoughts. And that's the problem. My thoughts are pretty reckless. If I if I want to have a successful career and then maybe you know make it into politics, uh, vote for Johnny. Uh, you know, I just I can't have my tweets out there. So we have to we have to shut that down. And now we have a we have a, a Twitter here for the podcast. I'm not super active on it, but I just try to keep people up to date with the podcast. And then there's a lot of good financial stuff on Twitter that I see a lot of thoughts and a lot of, uh, but a lot, but most of those, uh, influencers and such, they're moving it to Instagram anyway. Like you can screenshot your tweets and put it on Instagram. That's true. I mean, honestly, Twitter, Twitter does have value, but it's just that really Twitter is just one of those things that kind of works with the other social media, you know, platforms essentially. I mean, honestly, you know, if we're talking about entrepreneurs here and, you know, businesses, mm-hmm. I mean, which we I, are, we're talking cash. You should make an OnlyFans. Yeah. Talk cash. Talk. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You can really switch up. You can make some TikToks and stuff like that. But anyway, going back to what I was uh, saying before is with those like tweets, oh, I have nothing to promote. Um, well, I guess I'll do one of those, a verbal one of those and verbally promote, uh, 
I do have uh, a song that I came out with last year. Actually, there was a whole album made, but there's one song called Tropicana, which uh, is worth a listen. So if you have nothing to do and you're really bored and you're you you just caught the Delta variant, then go ahead. <laughs> Uh, send it to all your friends and make fun of it. That's fine. I don't care. I make literally zero, 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 like cents off of it. So go crazy. For now. Until we bring For it now, out. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but, but I mean, honestly, I think what you could do with, uh, uh, you know, your Twitter account, kind of your social media is just, you know, I like a lot of the articles that you've been, you know, kind of throwing up there as far as just letting people know that you're paying attention. And I think, I do think as someone who does, you know, I mean, I, someone who studies podcasts, someone who studies how broadcasting works and kind of the modern age, you know, something I'm really interested um, And, you know, there's, you know, a little bit more too that I'm, I'm working on something, but, you know, it's top secret right now. It's in the works. It's in the, it's in the works. I feel like every, like, fake entrepreneur, like, always says, it's in the works. So, yeah, you know, it's one of my least favorite things to hear. And it's like, I have a big announcement to make it new. And at noon, they just, uh, I mean, they, I mean, you know, these girls post another picture. Uh, these guys put out another course, maybe. It's just like, I, that's, that's all of your content. So is it really that big of a surprise? One time this girl teased out, uh, a surprise and it was a partnership with a new fitness brand. And I just couldn't help but think I don't give a shit about you and your partnership with this fitness brand. I'd rather see you just promote the fitness brand. Don't tease out that you're about to make an advertisement post. What? Who does that? Wait, <laughs> are we are we prepping advertisement posts now? Wait. So you're telling me uh, it didn't work on you? You were influenced. You get that influenza. I wasn't in, influenced, bro. Right? It's all right. Hey, John, you're about like what seven episodes in? You know, even though it's been a whole year. Uh, but hey. You're- <laughs> There's gonna be a. I'm just being honest. There's gonna be a top cash hive. There's gonna be a top cash hive, and they're just gonna be, you know, at some point they're gonna be seeing just a lot of these, you know, influencers, and they'll just be tagging your your handle in there, and they'll be tagging, and they'll be just hashtag top cash or don't speak. All right, all right, yeah. Let's do the let's do the hashtag top cash or don't speak. Uh, I answer my phone like that. I I encourage any fans uh, to to answer their phone like that. But uh, also, if you see something online that is absolutely asinine in terms of the influ- uh, the the influence that they're spewing or, or the the type of information they're putting out there for for finance, tag Top Cash or don't speak. Get me involved and let me go to work. Uh, and then watch these Twitter fingers get a little afternoon workout, right? Uh, let's see if that takes off because I, I would love to. I see a lot of stuff, dude. I get in a lot of arguments about wealth building um, online because people people like to just like blanket state. People don't think in like big picture macro type stuff, right? They think, they think micro and they think about their life and they think about the examples that they've seen. I saw someone today say like, I, I saw a joke. It was like, live at home, and uh, just live with your parents until you become until you make six figures and then move out. And it was kind of like a joke, right? But at the same time, I mean, I lived at home for like a year and a half after uh, after graduating college, and because of that, I wasn't making a lot of money then. 
And then my first job once I moved out was a what put me owed like double what the average American makes in this country. So I never really had to like struggle for those first couple of years because I was able to live with my parents. Not everybody is able to do that, but someone commented and they're like, that's really assuming that everyone has is able to has a family around that's in a financial situation to support them and in a mental health type of situation to be able to support them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But then like they went on, they kept digging this grave deeper. And they're like, uh, it's just like, it's just crazy to assume this type of stuff and apply it to everybody. I'm like, it's crazy to assume that most people's parents aren't around. Like not everybody's parents are going to have them in the home from like 22 to 23 to 24. But I mean, I think the majority, and I don't have statistics on this, the majority of families in this country have one family member around. Like the majority of people have one family member around when they're at that age that maybe they could live with. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I was like um, applying your situation of 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 your parents being fucking crack addicts or something, and and or, 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 just, or just not being able to financially have another person in the house, but like dog pay rent, pay half the rent that you would pay to a landlord to your parents. Um, but like I'm just like you are you are doing what you you are actually spewing out there as a fact or as the majority, and you're just you're just wrong, I think. I like how I like how you asked me what I thought, and then you forgot. <laughs> oh, John, it's all right. You know what? Listen, hey, it's episode seven or eight. I'm not sure. You should know. By the way, all these statistics we're throwing out at this point, none of it's none of it's verified at this. You know, at this point, we're we're throwing it out, but we do have a general idea of that's the, the thing. Land. That's the thing. I'm I'm a dude who has a personality and is talking about personal finance from someone who does well in that sense. Um, right. If you want statistics, you should you should get your ass on Google and start reading some stuff. And the articles that I post are a little more factually based. Um, but like, this is your wake up call to to just start doing better, no matter where you're at. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, you know, just like as a little little sidebar, um, I feel like you know, as someone who does work, you know, heavily in the data science data science yeah. community, uh, you know, throwing out percentages doesn't really tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, just be very misleading. So if I'm just, you know, 90% of, you know, people who live at home have about, you know, 100K in debt, I mean, that's like, okay, you need to break that down. I need to see actual numbers. We need the data-driven evidence behind that. I know at this point I'm probably sounding like my boss at this point. <laughs> This is like, this is true shit right here. I mean, this is the stuff that is really important because at the end of the day, this is what helps us understand and, you know, essentially create better insights. Now, to answer your question about what I think about what you were talking about, your little, little rant there slash question. Um, Most of my questions are on the tail end of a rant. Yeah. <laughs> or no, the fun end Listen, it, it, it's refreshing. You know, I, I'm a big fan, obviously, of the podcast. Uh, I would tell you if I wasn't. Um, and I'm glad that you finally got a chance to go in your little your little ranch hall there. So that's nice. Uh, but to answer you, to be honest, you know, me, my personal, you know, me personally, my whole thing was, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of those um, you know, resources, you know, my mom, you know, was a single mom, didn't really work. Uh, when I graduated college, I did get to move in, you know, I, I was able to move home for about, uh, I think it was like seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And 
okay. I mean, that, you know, I was able to, you know, generate a bit. But during that time, you know, I would say that I wasn't really super motivated. It's like, yeah, I was making, like, okay money. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're living at home. You have this safety net. I and agree so with that, yeah. The minute I, you know, uh, was kicked out slash <laughs> to leave on my own accord, um, which is a funny story, which maybe we can, we can talk about another time. Um, living on my own and having that sense of, you know, independence, which is really what, you know, this is all about is having, you know, financial independence, but just also independence over your life and your goals and what you're looking to achieve. And, you know, these are resources that kind of help you there. You know, I felt like I could actually, um, you know, I felt like I was a little more motivated. I felt like I could really, you know, actually work a little bit harder and really just be very creative with what I wanted to achieve. And so I wasn't really, you know, too worried about, you know, having to pay my bills or being in debt. You know, luckily I wasn't really in a whole lot of debt. Yeah. Um, I was always, you know, very just cognizant of that. And, you know, one of the things I do personally is I have a, you know, a budgeting spreadsheet that, you know, as a data guy, you know, it is very thorough, but, you know, to me, Excel is, you know, just a spreadsheet. It's nothing crazy, but what I was able to do is I was able to kind of break it up and it's been built over time and, you know, pretty much has, you know, all of my balances. It has all of my expenses. Um, it has, you know, how much I'm making, you know, over a certain period of time. And then I have a visual with that to kind of show me where I'm going and then it's tracked each month so I can, you know, pay attention to, you know, where I'm spending and how much I'm saving or how much I need to save. And yeah. this also includes, you know, my 401k and also, you know, other things. And by the way, you know. That's all. No, I, I love that. That's a great yeah, start. Definitely. It's a good start. And I think, by the way, one of the other things is, you know, you know, John, you know, might disagree with me and I'd like to hear what he says. But, you know, you should definitely be, you know, financial literate. You should definitely be very cognizant of how much you're spending and you should have goals and be motivated. At the same time, you should also be able to enjoy your life. So you should try to set the money aside to be able to achieve those things. If you like to travel, you know, once again, make sure it's, you know, within your means. Yeah. But, you know, having that balance is good because if you're just, you know, trying to pinch every penny, I mean, you're going to have a very sad, boring life. I mean, you're just yeah. going to all the other Brads and Chads out there, like you don't want to do that. You don't want to be Brad or Chad. Did Unless you're Brad or Chad, then be the best of them. Be the best. <laughs> Did you think that I was going to disagree with having some fun though? You see me on these streets every weekend, like oh, that. I'm, I'm a big fan of the budget. Uh, Excel for anybody that's like not even sure where to start on a budget. Google Docs and Excel both have templates built into them that you can use for, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different purposes, to-do lists, budgets, uh, financial reporting for businesses, but like they literally give you two or three off the rip um, for budgets. So I have one that is in, I think it's Google Docs because I like it because it has a nice little pie chart and it's visual, but then also Mint as an app, Mint, sponsor me, right? That's a plug right there. But like that app is pretty dope. <laughs> Um, you can, you can log in and put all of your financial accounts, which, uh, as a guy who's worked for a cybersecurity company, I don't know if I love that, but I do it, right? And they, they're, they're gonna tell you if there's a breach and you're gonna change all your passwords. Uh, that's just, that's just the merry-go-round that we do in 2021. But Mint is a great app and has all that and it'll give you push notifications on, you know, imagine being at the bar and getting a notification like you're $20 over your budget. Sir, you need to go home. 
and you're walking too. You're not taking the Uber. Um, I'm all about having fun. I'm all about putting it in the budget too, right? Like for me, uh, I, I have a budget for dining. I have a budget for, uh, I, well, that's within mint, like categories for all that. But like even in my Excel sheet, it's a budget for how much I want to contribute to my Roth IRA, which is obviously outside. I have a budget for how much I want to spend on dates. I told a girl once, I was like, you're a dollar sign. Like there's a dollar sign associated with you. I didn't mean it in like the the way that she took it. She didn't stop. No, you definitely did. You knew what you were doing. She didn't. I I did. (laughs) Dude, okay, you're not wrong. I did know a little bit what I'm doing. I think I try to play this like innocent guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself. But like also at the same time, like I just, I do know what I'm doing a little bit there. But like at the end of the day, like no, like right, like I'm not afraid to say to a girl, like you know, we've gone on like a couple dates this month, and there's no budget right now. Like let's let's put that restaurant on first week of next month. But tonight, it's Netflix and chill time, right? Like mm-hmm. HBO Max has this lovely movie streaming right now in high quality definition. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm all about budgeting fun in there too, Alex. I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Yeah. yeah I, and I just want to say, you know, once again, I've known this guy literally forever. Um, but, you know, this guy's come a long way. I mean, this guy. Uh, you know, are, you gonna t- are you about to tell the story of how we met? Yeah, oh, I, should, I want you to tell it. I want you to tell it. I would, I would, I would, I would, okay. <laughs> okay, I want your version, and I'm like, I'm going to chime in because I know the unbiased truth. Also, yeah, so tell me that, and then I have another little anecdote, so just throw that in there. Okay, well, there was a party. Uh, I believe it was senior year of high school, right? My senior year, your junior year probably? Uh, uh, something you're like wrong. That. You're wrong. It was the next year. It was okay. My- your year and you were going it was this okay so it was like summertime but yes it was my senior year of high school going into my freshman year your freshman year going into sophomore year of college. okay okay so johnny's just finished his first year of high uh, college and anybody that really knows me well i was not a nice person back then um and uh so anyway i'm back in back in the hometown riding through my old hood with some new money and um, I'm at a I'm, I'm at a party, uh, and it's in a basement, right? It's actually Weiss's cousin, and I don't think I knew that at the time too. So like, literally, I didn't know who I was talking to. Your family, uh, and it's okay. we look nothing alike, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> so I I run into this guy, and we're, we're you you come up to me and you say, "Hey, what's up?" That's my that's my recollection. You come up to me and you say, "What's up?" Um, I dude, I really was in my head then because I. I had a girlfriend of like a couple months who I had a crush on for like four years at the time. So like literally like I had a, I had a crush on her for a while. So to finally have her, life was good. I came with a couple college friends I was playing soccer with at the time at, at, at Mizzou. And we're there and you come up and you say, hey, and I just blanked you basically. Uh, like you said, hey, what's up, man? And I looked at you and like looked away and then kind of just walked away. And um, then later on that night, I came back around. If I remember correctly, we were both wearing like polo or something like that. Some like some some nice some nice stuff, right? Uh, nice not, stuff. Not, the, not the highest end stuff, but like you know, nice 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 clothing. Right? Yeah, no, we were like preppy, you know, definitely, a nice preppy style. Yeah, we had that whole 2012 thing going on. I I still wear those clothes, man. <laughs> uh, any, uh, good for you. <laughs> move move the one and the two around. 
Uh, Hopefully you're not wearing the same shirt from over 10 years ago. But, hey, you know. Absolutely safe. not, bro. Absolutely not, bro. The chest is busting now. I'm, I'm, I'm repping them out on the bench press. But anyway, later on I came by and I saw him still there. And I was like, I think I kind of felt bad because um, that isn't really my nap. Mm-hmm my natural nature, like just to be like, in, like in that sense, like normally I would give you a chance. I'd say what's up. Uh, and then we would kind of figure out if we liked each other or not. But uh, I came back through and I was like, yo, you kind of rolled with that pretty nicely. Like I just blanked you and then like came back and you're still smiling and having a good time at the party. And I was like, okay, well what, what's up, man? Anyway, who are you? And so we talked for a bit and then we actually had a bunch in common. I don't know if we had a bunch in common, but we just got along very well. Um, and, and we both recognized that we were, we were alphas of the party there, right? Like we were, we were top dogs. And I think, uh, I think that was great. I even remember I made, uh, the girlfriend at the time take a picture of us too. And I, I, I can probably find that. We might have posted it on Facebook or something like that. But anyway, that's my version. What do you got? I mean, honestly, that's, uh, listen, that was pretty spot on. I'll just throw in that, uh, so basically I'll get, so I was with one of my good friends, uh, from high school. And granted, you know, just to like add some color, I mean, this is a, essentially a high school, like slash, I just came home from my first few semesters of college. I'm on a, you know, a break right now. Um, you know, sort of, you know, get together at this point. So you don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, I'm over here just being like, I'm trying to, you know, look cool, you know, to some girls. So I'm with my friend, uh, and I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to act like I know people here, even though obviously, you know, my, like my second cousin, it's his like party. We went to different schools too different. for context. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasize second, definitely second. Got to keep it, got to keep it distant, you know? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so I like just saw this guy who kind of looked like, uh, Wiz Khalifa just walk by and I was just like, yo, what's up? Just trying to like look cool to girls. Cause I want to look like, Hey, you know, I run this shit. And, uh, you know, by the way, don't worry. I've matured, you know, we both little, matured a lot. Much just, just a little bit. And I say, what's up? And this guy just snubs me. And I, uh, I was kind of surprised to be, <laughs> yeah, cause that doesn't, that doesn't really happen. It didn't happen back then. And it, you know, definitely doesn't happen. I don't think people really do that to other human beings often unless they're homeless or salespeople. I'm a salesperson, so I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this guy, like I was trying to create a business opportunity with him and he just, he just ran from the money and he left the money on the table. So I was just kind of thrown off. And then over the course of the party, I just like saw this guy. And so at some point I just went up to him and I'm like, dude, what is your, what is your deal? Like, he was just like, this guy was too cool for school. And I was just like, nah, we can't have any of that. So, uh, it's funny to- because people that know me in high school, I was definitely not too cool for school. That's why I'm shocked. But like, I mean, I'd come back from college again. The context is like, I don't know. I was way too full of myself for, for what I was actually doing at the time. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. now there's a good use case for maybe why I'm so full of myself. <laughs> That's true. It's okay. You have a, you have a podcast behind you, so you're, you're fine. But back then you didn't. And if you had one then, I wouldn't listen to it. I would not support it like I do now. Uh, but yeah, I pretty much was just like, dude, what's your deal? And you're like, Hey, you know what? This guy's got balls. He came up to me and he was like, actually, you know, said what's up, which mm-hmm. is like hilarious because I look at like the rest of my life since and like, I definitely can't think of a time I've been that competition. So if I did that as a 18 year old, yeah. that's pretty noble. But yeah, ever since then we've been friends. 
Okay, we were talking about like budgets and stuff. Can we talk for a second about inflation real quick? Because like, all right, that's like a hot topic right now. I think it's it's closing in on five percent. It's like five point four percent, right? And um, I think I, I forget which financial institution came out and said that they think they expected to go even higher um, over the next couple of years. And I'm just very concerned. I don't like this. We knew this was going to happen when the Fed was pumping money last year, but like everything is more expensive right now. Like rental cars, hotels, uh, going going out to drink, going out to eat, like ev- everything is more expensive. Gas, don't even get me started on gas. And it's just like, where do we go from here? There's never a better time to learn how to invest your money. Because if you save your money, I use Ally Bank as a savings account, right? They have a, are a high yield savings account. That's what they're dubbed. High yield in this day and age means 0.5%. But if you go to Bank of America, shout out to BOA, right? Uh, or Chase or something like that, like it's 0.06 is what you're probably getting in their savings accounts. So 0.5 is a, is a high yield. When I first started with Ally back in 2018, 2.5%. I think it might at 2.2, 2.2% interest rate on the money that you put in there. So it's great. That's like, that was matching inflation pretty much because inflation is about two to 3% each year. Now it's at 5.4. Saving your money is going to leave you broke in a couple of years. You're not going to be able to afford anything. You got to learn how to invest and get those, those big returns. So talking the six, the eight, the 10% returns, um, or more, go chase more. If you're feeling aggressive, what are your thoughts on, on, on the modern day, the modern well, day environment of the dollar? Uh, yeah, the good old dollar. Listen, you know, just for reference, you know, whenever I like use like an emoji that's referencing cash, I never use the dollar. I use the euro and it only makes sense. Because <laughs> what? The euro is worth more than the dollar. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to use that. I want to, I want, I think I want to do that. Where's the euro, but I don't even use euros. I, or I'm from England. I use pounds, pounds. I uh, well, hey, that, I don't know if there's an emoji for there's that. There's not a pound sign emoji, but where's the, where's the euro sign emoji? It's all the way over or something? I mean, honestly, I, listen, I just search them and I find them. Okay. I, I, okay. I respect that. You're good to go. But yeah, uh, I mean, that really speaks to just what's going on currently in the world. I mean, it only made sense because it's like, you know, you know, when the pandemic started, you know, we're just talking about gas prices, which in general, as someone who studied economics, mm-hmm. Was very, it's quite variable. There's a lot at play, you know, based on, you know, where, you know, it's coming from at a certain time, who's sure. producing, where it's being exported, uh, you know, how much, you know, people are, you know, consuming it. It's just, it's, it's very difficult to really quantify. It doesn't really come into play with the general supply and demand. Um, and that's a very elementary kind of summary of that, sure. but that's kind of, that's how that goes. And one of the things that we saw, at least, is so I live in St. Louis, and, you know, in Missouri, generally gas prices are very low. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when no one was driving, uh, you saw gas go down all the way to about 180. Um, mm-hmm. I filled up my tank today, and I'm pretty sure I paid about 279. Uh, Do you know what it is here in Colorado? What's it in Colorado? It's 360. 360? Yeah, it's a whole dollar more, bro. Oh my god. When we talk about cost of living, that's a quick synopsis. Because the first time I went to LA in California, I saw it was like four dollars. And I think it was like, I mean, I was 
I think I, I was in St. Louis or Florida at the time and it was like two or three. But I was like, whoa, I was like a whole dollar more. A whole, it was almost five. And that was, I mean, 2016. So I don't even want to know what it is out in California right now. But yeah, yeah I mean, you know, well, first of all, I mean, that's 360. I mean, listen, how am I going to be able to afford my black and miles? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, guys, I don't, I don't smoke. Okay. Just nothing. I never, I don't do that. Smoke fools like you on the basketball court. Yeah. But, uh, but either way, um, so yeah, I mean, that's just oil, you know, it's very, just variable in general. And that's just kind of a sign that you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, pieces kind of at play. Uh, even like with chicken, you know, I eat pretty healthy and mm-hmm. I a lot of ground chicken. You know, I've noticed the price of chicken going up. Now you have to understand. That's a good point. A lot of factors at play. We've been having, you know, the beginning of the pandemic. Once again, a lot of this goes back to the pandemic. Right. Uh, that's one of, that's a key driver of inflation. It's not the only driver, but it's definitely one of the big ones because, you know, at the beginning we were seeing a lot of coverage as far as a lot of, you know, factories, you know, not either having enough workers or not being able to, you know, operate because a lot of the poultry and, you know, meat we're being contaminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously created a little bit of scarcity. So when you have scarcity, yeah. generally, you know, that's going to make the price go up of something. Now, when you kind of move closer to now, currently, we're still seeing a shortage of workers and people, you know, who are, you know, able to work and they also want to stay working at those jobs. Um, so, you know, we've seen, and we had a chicken wing shortage because of that. And so Dude, I, you know, I saw that recently. Yeah. I'm telling you, Literally, as last week when I picked up, you know, my several pounds of ground chicken. Was, <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's sad, but hey, trying to trying to stay in shape, you know. So it was about five bucks, give or take. Okay. Today, when I picked up um, some more ground chicken, it was like per pound. It went instead of five. It was about like five seventy nine. Yeah, and that's just a couple weeks. And that was just not even a couple. That was literally like one week. That was like six days. Yeah. Yeah. From so, gas to chicken to, uh, to even cars too, right? Like the supply chain is just down everywhere, right? For, for yeah. microchips going into these cars. So cars are through the roof now too. Yeah. Speaking of cars, you, uh, you mentioned rentals. Uh, I guess if, you know, I have rentals are going up, which, you know, rentals, you know, have been going up noticeably just. Yeah. Going up pricing online but i guess that's kind of good for you because i uh i know you are involved in uh turo yeah yeah man turo is my newest venture new streamline or sorry new income stream alert <laughs> ring the alarm uh, <laughs> I, <do> again. <laughs> uh i started i started turo earlier this month dude in two months uh really a month and a half booked because uh, i have some rides booked into mid August now, um, 800 bucks right there, $830. Um, and I, I'm doing my personal car. This is not best practices, but I live downtown. I work from home. Most, I, I rarely go away from downtown. Right. So, and, and if I do, I can, I can still block certain rides and, and, uh, and, and make my car available to myself in certain, in certain weeks. So I don't have to accept every single ride, but it's been a nice little revenue stream so far. Um, my last guest, Randy, um, he talked a little bit about Churro. We talked more about our Airbnb business, but 
he kind of gave me a little bit of a blueprint on how to get started in Turo. And now I'm looking at getting a parking spot downtown because that's one of the downsides of living downtown versus like uh in the suburbs where you can park 10 cars outside your, your house and, and your, your driveway or in garage. But I'm looking at getting another parking spot and then getting another car. Rental uh used car prices are up. So it's just like I'm trying to figure out the best approach there uh to to make a second car. But it's been nice. And if you're not using your car and if you're not married to your car, a lot of people are really possessive of their car. That's okay. It's a it's a it's a liability. But like there's nothing wrong with being like liking it. Um but I look at it purely as a liability. Um I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee, it's not a dream car. And so therefore it can be sacrificed. No, I mean honestly, I uh I mean I feel the same way. You know, when it comes to things like cars, I just don't really see like the allure of having such a nice, you know, piece of metal that, you know, really is not gonna it's not really gonna do much for you other than, you know, you can show it off, that's cool, but at the same time it's really just sitting it's just taking you from point A to point B. So one of the things that, you know, I, you know, always think about when it comes to cars is cars is, are really something that, you know, really eats your money because it's like you have to pay for the car, you have to pay for insurance, you have to pay for gas. Absolutely. It really eats up a lot of your, you know, your money, really. That's what yeah, it is. Yes. So, you know, the fact that you're able to kind of turn that into a side hustle I think it's pretty remarkable. It really speaks to, you know, what, you know, technology is able to do for, uh, you know, side hustles, essentially. Absolutely. And I don't know much about Turo, like, as far as, like, the user experience, but, like, as someone who is, like... I've never know, used Turo either. Yeah. Okay. Well, as... Okay, you're on the, you know, the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. So, have you... Do you feel like you have put in, like, a lot of effort into it, or is it just been like pretty easy to just, you know, here you go, here's the car. And then it's like, they give it back to you, you make the money and like you don't have to do much. I've been doing this for just under a month now. So I'm very much still learning. Um, <clears throat> I think it's as much or as little effort as you want to put in. I'm trying to streamline some processes. Uh, right now I've done three rides. I have one ride coming up in, in two weeks. Every ride so far has picked up from me, but you can also, uh, put an option down to drop off or, or have people pick it up. And someone told me like, Oh, we live by an airport. Now here in Denver, we don't live that close to the airport. It's about a 35, 30 minute drive. So it's not a super convenient St. Louis. I, I believe it's about the same in Tampa, dude. I was a 10 minute Uber from the airport. So there, if you're in Florida and I know a lot of my listeners are there in Florida, um, I would, I would recommend looking at it there because if you, to get from Soho, Hyde Park, South Tampa, any of those places downtown to de- to the airport is a lot easier than it is here. But so I dropped an, I dropped a car off, uh, last week. Now I charged like a $90 delivery fee. I drove my car out to the airport. There's a specific tour a lot here. I parked it there. I have a lockbox on my car with a code on it. I put the key in there. Um, and then I dipped, I left, I went to, uh, I actually had to be in the office that day for some presentations. So I got an Uber back 35 minute Uber. Uh, it was like $30. And then I got a coworker who lives close to me to drive me to work. So that's not a resource that everybody can kind of use there, but I spent 30 and 
an hour of time. Uh, and then I made an extra $90 on the ride. And this guy uh, took the car for four days, basically like a Thursday to Sunday setup. And so uh, for me, it was worth it in that sense. But I just I need to figure. And, and if I wasn't going into an office, it would be even better because then I could just come home and, and get started on my work. Um, or I could take the train, take a little more time. The train is $10 instead of $30. There's a lot of options on there on how you want to do it. And I think that's the that's what you can do uh, from the user side. I have the three rides so far. I have five star ratings. Uh, I'm trying to just take care of them and communicate a lot. It's you can message through the app, so it's nothing crazy. Um, but I just try to make it as simple as possible. Now, I, again, trying to streamline some of those things and see where I can cut out the time and and money for myself. But we're looking we're looking at it right now, and I'm looking to scale once I really get the hang of it because I think churro is a good thing. And they just upped the rates this last week. So people will ask about like, what about my car, right? There's an insurance plan through Ruturo. They take 30%. That's how they make money on their fees. And then they provide a certain level of insurance up to $750,000 in coverage there. And I think I have a $250 deductible. So with that, uh, it's kind of nice because there's different levels of plans, but like they just upped my plan. Every single plan without changing the amount of coverage that you get. They up the plan so that instead of getting 70% of the total fees for the for the whole trip, I get 75% now. There's a 60, 70, 75, 80, 85, and then you can do no coverage, which is just raw dog in the system there. And <laughs> that is, you get 93% of your ride there. I don't recommend doing that. That's like driving without – it's renting your car to someone else without insurance. Who does that? That's crazy. But if you're hella, hella ballsy, go for it. So it's been a good time so far. I like it. And uh, working with Randy to see what the next step is on, in scaling. Interesting. Interesting. Um, honestly, I just feel like, you know, if it's so easy to, you know, have a side hustle, I mean, you would think that, you know, anyone who has the time, you know, should be able to do something like that. And that's why, you know, with what I'm trying to create, mm-hmm. You know, I don't that's like this, that's this project that's under wraps. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want to like, you know, give out what's in the sausage. He's teasing an advertisement, like, guys. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about the sausage, so there's that. But uh, I'm not giving out like the formulae to this. Uh, but I will say, you know, it is, you know, it definitely appeals to someone who is looking for a side hustle. Essentially, you know, taking, you know, when it comes to hobbies, right? Uh, you put a lot of time and you put effort into that yep. and it's you really care about. So, you know, you should, you know, essentially be able to, you know, get something back from that. Think of it as like almost a, a, a Rakuten or a, that's how you, Rakuten, uh, the, uh, like the, cash- it gives you cash back on what you spend. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cashback portal, but not really cashback portal, but just the idea that you're getting something back for, you know, something that you are providing, you know, as, you know, to the world as a voice. Okay. Let's leave it there. Voice is the key word. And uh, we'll just put that one there for now because I'm not going to be one of those people, those, you know, public figures or entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call them that just kind of says that and then, you know, you never see it or it's not what it was meant to be. Yeah. That's there's fair. a lot of 
Yeah, and there's a lot of deception out there. It's so. a light tease. I got it. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of tease. You don't want. Nobody wants to be a tease in anything. I agree. No one likes that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But do you? Uh, do you? Okay, so project under wraps, but that's going to be your side hustle. Are you? What? What else are you doing right now? You mentioned the four hundred one k in your budget earlier on. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about what like your investment strategy is right now? And because you're you're just a dude that's out there having fun. You got a budget. We're being fiscally responsible, but we're we're wild boys out here in this uh, untamed world. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, can you talk a little more about that as much as you can share? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would consider myself definitely a you know a modern you know Renaissance man. But when it comes to investments, I mean, to be honest with you, they're pretty they're pretty stock. No pun intended. Uh, okay. Uh, as far as, you know, what, you know, I'm invested in, you know, I really just try to like, there's not really, I'm not, I don't have like a secret, you know, uh, once again, like a secret recipe to this. Yeah. As far as my investments go, you know, I try to look at something that's, you know, going to, you know, I am very into, you know, high risk, uh, okay. high risk because, you know, high risk, you know, generally, you know, in theory, your yields are going to be a little bit higher. Well, we're, we're younger. We can, we can afford to take that risk. And so you have right. to calculate your own risk tolerance. Right. And, you know, I'm investing enough money to where if something does happen, it's not the end of the world. And also, you know, that's why you, you know, I have diversified my portfolio, you yeah. know, with you know, much safer, you know, investments. Okay. So once again, I mean, I don't need to go into exactly, you know, every stock. Uh, you, know, you know, one of the things that I do have is kind of a, at least for me, works as, I guess, a safeguard is, um, an ETF yeah. that invested in my uh, IRA. And uh, I'm not going to give out which one it is, but it's one that is... Why, you know, why not? Is it is it VXI, VOO, VTI? Those are the common ones. Those are just Vanguard basic ones. Are you... Are you uh, is it ARC? Like, are you... Is it QQQ? Those are two high-level risk ones. Are you being... Yeah, are you being yeah, I'm familiar with those now. You know, I like to be a little uh different. You know, I like to move the, the beat of my own drum a little okay. bit. One is not one of those, but... um Dude, you, you know if you give it out and everybody starts buying it, it's going to make the ETF and the stocks in the ETF go up? That's true. Good, good, uh, well, money. Yeah, well, uh the one that I'm invested in right now is uh IVV. And IVV okay. is... Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, once again, we're, we're mentioning a lot of companies here. IVV is iShares version of a, a spy tracking ETF. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's through iShares, which is through BlackRock. Yeah. I don't know why you were being so shy about that. That's no, I'm not shy. I'm, listen, <laughs> nothing shy. Hey, YC ain't shy. He's got, if you go to YC's Instagram, uh, he's got an ad picture. Uh, as his last, as his last photo, he's flexing on a school playground with his abs out. Listen, all I can say is these thirst traps really uh, instantly turn me to a trap star. Trap <laughs> that, star. That's what I'll say. But uh, but no, um, honestly, it's just to be fair. I mean, it's just not something that I really you know talk a whole lot about. But I do think that these are things that you should be able to have conversations with your peers, or really anybody who's interested in learning. And that's why John's podcast, you know, I, I'm hyping you up so much. There we but, go. You know, a great, you know, medium to be able to get you to that level where you feel 
comfortable talking about your finances, yeah. investment strategies. Yeah. At the end of the day, none of us are that far away from each other. We're not that different. Even though you could feel so different from one of your peers, it's maybe like a 10% difference. Right. And, and a lot of the problems that we're all facing are the same. A lot of our anxieties, fears, concerns, insecurities, a lot of them go hand in hand. Right. Like, and, and it, uh, at, at our age, yours and I's where we're, we're in our late twenties here, it's like, okay, well, we're closing it on 30. When you close it on 30, I think the world tells you that the world's going to end. I don't think so. I'm, I'm very excited for my thirties. Um, I think if you're about to turn 40, you should be super excited for your forties. Uh, because this world right now, there's so much opportunity to, to get in the game, whether that's starting a company, whether that's investing, like there's, there's no, there's no restriction. There's no ceiling these days. If you're, if you're from a poor family, a low income family, educate yourself and, and educate yourself more than maybe someone who makes more money than you and, and then go pitch them and start using their money, dude. And you, you guys can all get rich together. And if you if you're from a high income family or a high income background or you you have a high income background right now, there's no reason that you shouldn't be educating yourself because you can't guarantee that money is always going to be there and you got to retire at some point. So that's I mean that's kind of the message here. It's like we're not that far from each other, um, and everybody should be doing something in terms of investing. The old adage of I don't know what I was doing or uh, I leave that to my investment manager, I leave that to my parents. I live that to my significant other. That's not going to fly these days. You need to be accountable for your own personal finances. That's why it's called personal finances. And 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 how much you're investing, what you specifically do, that's down to you. But you got to do something. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I do think, you know, as far as, you know, investing and being in charge of your personal finances, it really does have a lot of freedom. Uh, and one thing to, you know, get started investing, I mean, the easiest thing to do is, you know, open an account. And then when you're looking for where you want to invest, just think of the things that you see around in the world, the things yeah. you're interested in. I love and that. Take that with you. I mean, one of the things, you know, I took a look at was, you know, music and the music industry and digital streaming platforms and, you know, where that's, you know, moving as far as the music tech space. And that is something that, you know, for me, you know, has worked out really well because I'm also able to, you know, uh, conduct my own due diligence. Mm-hmm. And it's also something I'm interested in. So I learn a little bit more as I'm also making my own future better. So it is something that's really cool. Uh, speaking of music, John, what have you, uh, what have you been listening to lately? Dude, uh, you, uh, okay, so Sleepy Hollow. I was listening to his whole album when I worked out before this podcast here. Um, I had listened to a couple of songs by him before and I maybe like I had like 10 songs like liked on Spotify, but I didn't realize he had his whole new album out. And I don't know when that dropped, but I was listening to the whole thing today. And I just I love that dude. Yeah, he's good. I uh, I think it came out a couple of weeks ago. I've had it, you know, on repeat since it came out. Nice. Uh, specifically uh, 2055. Mm hmm. I actually, funny story, uh, one of my good friends, uh, so there's a song on this album by, uh, Sleepy Hollow. So it's Sleepy Hollow, and there's another guy who sounds very similar to him named Chef G. No, these guys are, they're both from Brooklyn, I believe, but they actually, oh, okay. you know, a little British at first. If you like kind of like, yeah, listen, Sleepy Hollow yeah. has some stuff with some British, uh, grime rappers too. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's all drill, which, you know, the Brooklyn drill scene is obviously very heavily influenced by the UK drill scene. Yeah. Uh, just for, you know, context, you know, that's the kind of music. And so you have Chef G and Sleepy Hollow on this beat, and the background of this beat is, like, tiptoe. It's like a very, like, nursery rhyme-sounding sample. Mm. And it kind of, it's, you know, has the drill beat, so very, you know, hard 808s. But at the same time, it has you know, this sample that's a loop, and it goes over and over again. My friend, I played it for him, and he told me to turn it off immediately. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is making me dizzy. The sample is making me dizzy. He literally was like spinning and his eyes were going. So like, okay, in that case, I'll turn off. I've never heard of that before, but that's uh, definitely. Yeah, that sends him back to a past memory, obviously, it sounds like. Yeah, something that's like funny. that. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow is really good. He um, samples Scrub on there too by like, I think it's TLC, but like, that was a good song. Um, yeah, what, what about you? Well, I mean, yeah, no, I like that. Um, I've been listening to, uh, a, there's been a guy I really like. His name is ESTG. He's from, I want to say he's from Louisville. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. Really? Uh, okay. Actually, he was on, you know, obviously, I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are familiar with Jack Harlow. Right, that's what I was about to say. Jack Harlow's from there, too. And and Bryson yeah. Tiller is from Kentucky somewhere, too. Yeah, he is, which is interesting because you, you wouldn't have guessed that. That doesn't sound at all like, yeah, Bryson. No. Yeah. yeah, I definitely don't get that uh, that KFC vibe from Bryson. Um, but either way, uh, ESTG, ESTG, that's how you say his name. The G is spelled G-E-E-E. Yeah, okay. G-E-E. Yeah, sorry, I don't know how to spell Um but uh, I heard him on a couple Jack Carlo songs, and then it was announced at some point that this guy was signed to Yo Gotti. And oh, stop. Yo Gotti, I mean, hey, this guy's had, you know, down in the DMs. I mean, if we're on. talking cash, you can't talk cash without bringing up Yo Gotti. That's true. Yeah. He, uh, back in the day, he, uh, he had a song called I Got That Sack. So uh, the sack is definitely... I'm real sure dope, real dope boy. Right it cannot be referring to anything else at all. But uh, ESTG, he signed to Yogi, and he has an album uh, that's. By the time this drops, I'm sure the album will be out. Uh, but it's. I'm really looking forward to it. So he's really good. I really like Young Blue. Have you listened to Young Blue? I have not heard of Young Blue either. Uh, Young Blue, he has that song called uh, "Your Mind Still" with Drake. I have. Hmm. The Drake rap, I might have heard that one. It's very, he's very like, he's like very sing-songy, but he's... That's, he, what I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's a little yeah. slower. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember when that one came out. Yeah. Now, if we're going back to like things that would like motivate me to like work hard and make money, when I used to, you know, when I first started working, on the way to work, I know this is, this is super cheesy, but I would listen to uh, Rich as Fuck by Lil Wayne and 2 Chains. Okay. That would pump me up, and I would listen to that, and I was like, all right, like, this is, like, good, like, you know, money, motivation, work. Sure. Uh, and I feel like there's, there's, I mean, there's so many songs. I have I have a hustle playlist. A lot of it is Yo Gotti. That's why I bring him up. Um, just because when you're talking about, if, if any of these rappers are talking about selling drugs, you don't have to sell drugs, but just, like, apply that to your life, right? Like, I'm about to go out there and analyze this data, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm about to go out there and sell this software, whatever you do, right? If you're a librarian, I'm about to go stack these books, right? So, I mean, you can apply this music and this hustle anywhere. 
Um, and then Pop Smoke's new album just came out too. Oh right? yeah, no, I've been listening that's to been, uh, that's been great. R.I.P. Love Pop Smoke, and and I've been enjoying that album. That that song Coop goes crazy. More time, yeah. More time is more time is crazy. That's but, a great way to start the album. Yeah, no, I think that's the second yeah, song yeah. after his intro. Like he has the intro, and then more time, and it's like it. It's like damn, it's a little touching because he's like it, you kind of think like it's like if I had more time, right? Yeah, exactly. More time to make more money. Honestly, though. Uh, or for him to live, but like for us to make more money since we are living. Yeah. yeah. Well, someone's getting money from him. It's just not him. Right. Um, yeah, honestly, just like side note, like it, it actually, like, I know this is so off topic at this point, but it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. You know, you guys are this far in. So at this point, you guys are definitely in too deep. You're in too deep. Uh, but you know, one of the things, you know, with pop smoke specifically is that like, it really feels like, they really feel like he's still alive because they play his music so much and you just hear it so I think okay so I think he had like one of the top albums last year after yeah. he because uh, I think he he passed away in like early in the year like April it was February right February. after Kobe right yeah after okay and then yeah damn yeah yeah the year started off crazy and then we had no idea what was actually really in store for us um and then and then this year he's got a new album out so like Top top hip hop artist last year album maybe and then this year new album already and like I mean I I've been hearing it a lot already so I I'm with you there I think people forget like people pass away and then like because like because like there's Juice World too and I a lot of my favorite rappers actually passed away it kind of sucks but uh, yeah Juice World came out of an album it's like okay well two years later now I think because that was like late 2019 it's like. People are, I'm not hearing his music as much, but I'm still bumping Juice World. You know what's really strange is that with, okay, so, uh, I was just searching through my, I'm a little old school and I still use like iTunes. Uh, I'm going through my music and I'm just like searching so I can get to the song quicker. And I put in Armed and Dangerous, which Armed and Dangerous, looking specifically for, the uh the pop smoke okay piece. armed and dangerous and yeah. I put in armed and dangerous and I have three songs that come up in my library because I listen to I listen to you know a lot of everything but it's primarily you know a lot of you know hip hop and rap um and so I put in armed and danger armed and dangerous in the search bar and I there's three results that come up King Von oh jeez Juice World oh my god and all three of them are deceased yeah that's wild that's so sad. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know King Von had an armed and dangerous song. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Yeah, he did. So yeah, RIP to these guys. Speaking of rappers and businesses, we we touched on Yo Gotti, but uh, recently in the news, uh, another one of our favorites, the Baby. Did you, yeah. uh, John? Did you hear about what the Baby was doing? Uh no. And I love the Baby. Oh uh, man! So while he's not, you know, beating people up. Um, and you know, just causing a lot of this mischief, uh, and making great music. Uh, DeBaby was, uh, so apparently, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but DeBaby was, you know, on his way. He was getting on his tour bus and, uh, apparently a couple of kids, they had a, I want to say it was a, it was a box of, I think, fruit snacks or something like this. And they said that, okay, like, you know, for this box of, you know, uh, fruit snacks, it was going to be about like $200 and <laughs> essentially it was like, uh, cause he's like, Oh, $200. And then apparently he's like, yeah. Or you could buy each fruit snack for $2 or something like that. 
And then he's like, all right, wait, wait, wait. There's 36 uh, fruit snacks, and you're selling each for $2. He's like, uh, that's about 72. You guys are switching it up. You guys are hustling backwards. So right. so apparently he was like, I'm not giving you that. And he ended up giving him, I think he gave four bucks for, I think, two of the fruit snacks. And then he, he just got back on his tour bus and drove off. And there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of controversy about, controversy about this. And then he, I think, got on Twitter a little bit after and he said that he was showing them, you know, showing the kids, you know, not to hustle backwards. So I kind of want to know what your, what your thoughts are as far as, you know, what he was doing. Dude, kind of that's, that's yeah. wild. I don't know yeah. how I didn't hear about this story. I love that because like the kids were stupid. They're onto something. Uh, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't mind the idea of selling them individually either, but like, what are we doing? You got to make it more if they're going to buy less or you get the deal by buying big bulk. Um, I like the balls on them to try to charge the baby 200 bucks for fruit snacks. I appreciate that a lot. Um, listen, honestly, listen, if you can get, you can get, I mean, a box of fruit snacks gotta be like probably five or six bucks. I mean, these kids are already like on, they know about the inflation. They're on top of it. But also the baby has cash like that. Like he's going into his tour bus manager, give him two stacks or like two, $200 bills. Right. And like, cool. Good. Let's get the, let's get what we want. It just goes to show. Okay. So what rich people do, what, what wealthy people do is they spend money for convenience and what people with like less money do like kind of the poor mindset is to spend your time for money. And so like getting like, they're about to go on their tour bus. It would cost him longer to take a detour on that tour bus with the gas, with the stoppage, with everybody on the tour bus getting off to go and go to the bathroom or something versus just getting the box that he sees them. Right. And that's, that's what we're using the money for anyway. It's convenience to buy convenience and to get what we want when we want it now. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's an interesting point, but I actually, I think there's a bigger point and I think it really good. I think the lesson he was trying to teach these kids is, you know, specifically not to be deceptive when uh, okay. you're hustle, when you're trying to make a business. It's like with, you know, a salesperson using a deceptive ta- tactic I mean, that's something that, you know, is just like, you know, you're going to offend your customer or you're going to essentially drive them away. So I, so I think it's very similar to almost kind of the car salesman aspect where it's like, okay, you're being really pushy or you're not telling me some of the details that I need to know. Yeah. So then what happens is you lose the sale, you lose the opportunity. Right. So you shouldn't be trying to finesse people when you're, essentially trying to sell them or influence them, you should be authentic and be upfront and really be able to sell that without using a, you know, without finessing them, really. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be upfront. Uh, find pain. Find the problem. And the baby wanted his snacks, right? <laughs> you got to find the problem. You got to find the budget uh, and and repeat business. Like this is more for like, enterprise and corporate sales, but it works for individuals too, because people, when you mention cars, that's not going to be the only car they buy. So if, if they have a really good experience with you and they love their car, one, they're going to send their friends. Referrals are key, right? That's an extra pipeline of, of deals there for, for in sales. 
And then two, they're going to come back. Repeat business is better than a one-time deal. Uh, being short-sighted kills a lot of salespeople. Um, I don't really see how it was deceptive though. I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree that it was deceptive because they're giving him like a better deal by screw and screwing themselves. The hustling backwards screws themselves over works better for the consumer. Not deceptive in my opinion. Well, I don't see how they were giving him a better deal because they were. If you said two dollars per snack, thirty-six snacks, seventy-two dollars, two hundred dollars for the for all of it. Yeah. So yeah, the two hundred dollars for all of it oh. just didn't logistically make yes. sense. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now so, I'm getting you. Yeah. yeah. They that's, shouldn't have done the other fair. deal. They should have just said two hundred dollars for the box, or they should have been. They should have come up with a more reasonable number for the box. Well, I, yeah, and I think it's just I think the issue is that the you know the kids they they didn't adapt very well to the essentially the you know customer's situation the sales situation. Yeah, it goes to show that in any business or even everyday life, if you're not able to adapt in the moment, you're gonna have a tough time really achieving what you need because yeah. you rely on certain variables to. Uh, you know, really be, you know, the same, really to remain constant. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. 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 You see that a lot with, I, I agree there. Yeah. I, I did miss that. Um, and when it comes to like training and such, it's like, you have to be able to think on your feet, no matter what your training is, the world changes. We're in flux. There's variables that come out. Think on your feet, right? The stock market doesn't always go up when it goes down. What are you going to do? Are you, are you ready to hold that stock? Are you going to buy more of that stock? Real estate market changes. What are you going to do? So I, I think that's a, a good, uh, honestly, a good moral lesson to kind of wrap this, this episode up here, but think on your feet, right? This whole episode was kind of done on the fly. Uh, as YC and I do some of our best work. I tell people a lot, like put me in a room, press play. Let's see what happens. It's going to be different every time, but it's going to be yeah. the outcome. No, the outcome isn't going to be that different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm sure you guys all thought this was too good to be true and that this was all scripted. No, this was just, we, we winged this whole thing. And obviously it's, you know, it is calculated. We know what we're doing, but yeah, but honestly, just going last, I just want to say, no, I think this was great. And hey, you should find those kids that, uh, the baby snub and, you and should, get them on the podcast. I don't know if you want to get them on the podcast. You could, <laughs> Big fan, just reach out to them, let them know, show them some game. Uh, yeah, I never, I, I mean, I'm gonna look more into this story because if it's like a YouTube video or it's a little clip, I gotta, I wanna see it because I, I wanna see for myself kind of what went down. But yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, hope you got some value from this podcast. I wanted it to be a little more conversational where you can just kind of hear and learn a little bit about what peers are doing, right? And, 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 and different ways to apply information that's out there in the world uh different ways to get your uh get your beak wet in the financial world uh, <laughs> so i uh i hope you enjoyed the episode at talk cash pod on instagram at talk cash pod on twitter yc where are they finding you uh you can find me probably just walking around outside at a gas station okay no i'm kidding complaining um, about gas prices <laughs> yeah, yeah about gas prices and trying to uh finesse back and miles no but my my instagram handle is at w-e-i-s-y-w-e-i-s that is weissy weiss 
um, which is based off of my last name. Um, I, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, if you really want YC. to. YC, yeah. It's just YC, W-E-I-S-Y. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, if you, you want to, you know, talk to me about anything, you know, I'm here. If not, that's fine. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You just listened to YC and I talk about money for a long time. You should go listen to one of his songs and, and just like put one and two together and see if it adds up to three or see if this guy is like, what, what are we getting to five? Like, is his music just like crazy? Is he, is he a slept on artist? Does he need to get back in the game? Go listen, reach out to him. Yeah, you'll definitely learn something. I don't know what you'll learn. <laughs> I don't know what you'll learn. Protect your, your eardrums, but you'll definitely learn. So, yeah. And if you have any other questions about, you know, data or you just want to talk to me because you like my thirst traps, that's fine too. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. This is a great one. Fans, hope you enjoy this. Peace.